Hey, Matt, it's Kevin Bullock here from Anaconda Mining. I'm the president and CEO um, and also a director of the company. And I'm happy to be back on Crux to uh, to update your viewers and uh, our shareholders and potential shareholders. Good We've man. done quite a bit uh, since since we saw you last. Well, I, like, appreciate, I appreciate it. Um, that's what I'm calling. There's uh, <laughs> a ton of stuff to get through here. And I wanted an update. We, we saw you mid-November, uh, but you've managed to kind of cram in a lot since then. So i um, got to maybe kick off with... Um, you know, your reaction to your last quarterly, right? It possibly wasn't what you um, expected. I mean, what, what was your reading of that? Yeah, well, you know, the second and third quarter uh, results were us uh, struggling to, to get a new mine uh, and mine plan going at Point Roos called Argyle. And we got through that, developed, uh, redeveloped the mine plan, uh, reset guidance. And then in the fourth quarter, we actually did quite well. And, and uh, we tracked that new mine plan. So we know we're back on track at Argyle uh, to continue with our, with our longstanding free cash flow that helps us support our programs going forward. And I think people missed that, the, the, uh, might have missed the boat on, on understanding that, you know, two quarters um, to get a mine, an open pit mine going, a new mine going, uh, really not, not that bad. It, it, uh, it takes a while to understand the deposit and get it going. We're well on track now. And and guiding very, very well according to the new mine plan right up till uh, till today. Okay, so obviously people look to that free cash flow. They have that because it covered a multitude of costs for a year. Um, that is back up and running. So that was that was that was planned, but people not paying attention may have misconstrued. Is that what you're saying? No, I think I th it wasn't planned to have uh, to have quarters that weren't great, but it was to it was to really do some pushbacks and some waste development that increased the strip ratio. So the actual financials didn't look good, but it was to set the mine back on track like it is today to, to continue with free cash flow. Back on track, but not playing catch up. Correct. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm more excited. So it's, it's cash. The, the the ATM. Sorry, you better be careful. You've got a cash machine over here. Is is back back up and running, and we'll, we'll be throwing off cash, which is great. Uh, life, uh, life of mine continues to to be okay. Well, the other, well. yeah, you're right, Matt. The other thing is we are uh, uh, finalizing a mine plan for another target called Stargard Tight that will become reserve and the subject of uh, more mine life over the next uh, couple of months. Got it. Okay. So that part of the business ticks, ticks on nicely. Great. Got it. I want to talk to you about Goldboro though, right? Because um, you really kind of motoring, motoring along here with, uh, with that. First of all, feasibility study. I mean, do you want to give us the highlight numbers on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a fantastic run for us um, since we saw you last, um, simply because we, we filed our 43-101 report that was the subject of the feasibility study that we announced in December. So this will be new uh, for, for your viewers that haven't seen this yet, but uh, it's a very, very robust sh project that's showing an 11 year mine life in the open pit mining phase only at uh, 100,000 ounces a year. And the, the initial capex uh, is, is, uh, is quite low um, at 271 million Canadian. Um, which is even lower than the PEA that we released uh, six months ago. But it's showing a, a $330 million after-tax 5% discounted NPV and an IRR after-tax of over 25%. So an unbelievably um, robust project. But what we like most are the, uh, are the unit cost numbers. Um, our, our operating cash cost is $773 an ounce. And our all-in cost is $849 an ounce. I mean, these are tremendously low uh, numbers. And um, it will be a very robust project through the open pit phase. 
And that uh, that's mining 1.1 million ounces of reserve now, as we can call it, uh, of open pit before we even get into um, any of the underground uh, opportunity that's uh, sitting at two, two, two million ounces of resource. Okay, so this thing's this thing is potential <laughs> throwing off a lot of money because the the say the, the cash costs are good. Um, you you got a reasonable uh, reserve to kind of kick off with, but Newfoundland stories these days seem to require I don't know some some real serious serious imagination involved because and, and there's there's a lot of comps you know how, how are you finding the Newfoundland gold story scene at the moment because you're trying to build something real that's going to produce cash flow and you're you know reasonably far along the the process here but is it easy to get attention if you're not kind of throwing off a large-scale high-grade pit story uh, well ours is uh ours is the highest grade undeveloped open pit project in nova scotia it is the uh, largest gold deposit in the province and it will uh be the next gold mine built there so it is getting a lot of attention and it will uh, be very robust. And after that, it'll be uh, into the underground phase, which we'll do a feasibility, second phase feasibility on in the future. The reason I ask that is because, you know, it, you, like, I guess it, compared to most um, gold share price charts, uh, you haven't done too bad. You've moved sideways, right? And I think a lot of people came off in, in, in the last quarter of last year and trying to get and generate interest in gold investment stories has been tough for the last six months, I, I, I think. So when you say a lot of people are looking at this, who are you out trying to attract? Because there the is a stage where a company doesn't actually want you know, much more retail investment. They're looking for institutional investors. They're looking for you know that kind of bigger chunks of money. I mean, how are you coming at that? Yeah, exactly. We, we started uh, with this growth um, aggressive growth plan a few years back, and we had 7% ownership institutionally, and we're at uh, 22 now. And uh, we want to get that up. And we keep working on, on uh, institutional uh, involvement in, in telling uh, the market. We um, Fortunately, we've had a few new um, analysts covering us, which allows us to market with them. So that's been well too. So I think people are just looking for uh, are conscious of risk, and as you get closer and closer to site of permits, that is when when things really start to run, and we're and we're getting it. right. Okay, so 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 just just on that, a couple of things. So it's all interlinked because you, you've done like I say so much since I saw you in mid mid November. It's like uh, let me start with the the, the, the two hearts, okay? Because again, it, it, they're starting to paint a picture for me, and I guess the picture you're trying to paint for the market is that. You, you're more certain of what you've got, and you're bringing on the big, the big boys, right? So they, when you talk about the two directors, first of all, and you know what you're, what that's allowing you to do in terms of the conversations you're having with institutions and brokers. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we're growing very rapidly as a company, and in order to match that with our with our directors, we've uh, we've actually brought on two new directors that uh, did 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 a lot of due diligence before they came on. Um, uh, two fellows named Ted Cavana and uh, Rick Howes. And these are um, uh, giants of the industry. I mean, um, Ted was involved in many um, financings through SockGen and, and uh, Standard Bank of South Africa over the years. And, and, and Rick Howes, um, uh, I mean, he's a he's a mind builder who has uh, done this many times before and, and uh, has won awards for innovation and technology and in in certain minds that he's built. So. Um, these two gentlemen that have agreed to join really see the big picture as well. Right. So, so Rick, Rick in particular has kind of got a, a good seat. It certainly attracts me. 
Um, but in terms of, again, coming back to the types of money that you're going to want to come in here, because clearly you're going to need to get this thing, the the the, the, the CapEx component of Goldbrook funded. But before that, in terms of investing into the company and having those conversations, is, is that is that... Again, part of the picture, the part of this this picture you're trying to paint for the marketplace, because, like I say, you have a certain size, you're 125 million market cap, right? But I don't, it doesn't feel like you're being rewarded for where you are with the various projects. You're a gold producer, albeit so small, but you know, perfectly formed cash flow there. Goldbro has got the highest grades. Uh, as you've described, um, and and you've got an open pit scenario, and then moving to underground. It, it, it seems like a very advanced story. But we're not saying the rewards that. I mean, what was the purpose of bringing on guys like that? Well, I think there's two questions that investors need to ask when they invest in a company that's starting with a new project. And is that, and that is, are they going to be able to fund it? Should they get permitted? And are they going to be, do they have the capacity to build it? So the two new directors that we brought on, Ted Kavanaugh is, um, you know, I would say one of the best guys to have who's, who could be looking at, uh, at the project finance package and understanding all the uh, nuances that that come with that when you're talking to various parties that might want to get interested in. And then Rick Howes is, you know, as well, building minds in the past. He's done this before. I've done this before. So we're building up a team of directors and people in-house that, that have done this before. We by no means think we can build this uh, ourselves and mine it ourselves. We, we are going with contract mining uh, because of that. But we do have the, the, the management and directorship uh, of, of somebody that's going forward a company is going forward to actually build something. Yes, it's kind of interesting. I was, I was talking to um, a, a company you're probably familiar with, um, Rupert Resources, and the, the CEO there was talking about creating a sort of layer of stories to kind of continue to, to demonstrate the kind of growth components, right? And the, you know, if you're looking at what you've got, you, you, you've got the producing component, you've got the development component, and you know, you just announced recently the drill programs for Point Roos and um, and also Tilt Cove. So you've got the exploration component there. Is do you, do you find that? Again, when talking to institutions, they're understanding what it is that you've got, or are they finding it just too too many moving parts, parts parts to comprehend? I mean, what's the pushback that you get, if any? Well, I think that most most understand what we've got as far as exploration, development, uh, and production. However, uh, on the production side, it, it really is a rounding error for large companies. So, you know, the story of pushing uh, Point Roos as a, a as the story of Anaconda has long passed. I mean, it is the cash engine. It's, it's basically the bank that supplies us money that's non-diluted um, while we're mining and making money there in free cash flow. So it's no longer our story, but it, does, it is a nice cash generator that allows us to get where we are without diluting existing or future shareholders. It, it, it is, but just but just coming back to that, that kind, of, kind of layer cake approach of you know, well, you know what, what you're going to be able to come to the market with, and, and again, coming back to the way the market is valuing you, is you know the significance of what you're doing at at Goldbra and what you're mapping out there, obviously with the with feasibility study, um, you know, n- now done, is the speed at which you can get get this thing f- well funded and into production. So, in terms of that timeline, what what should what should we be thinking about here? I mean, is, how aggressive are you well, going to be? Fortunately, we're um, we're working on a new um, on a new discovery, putting a mine plan around it called Stoggart Type that'll come online after Argyle, which we're currently mining. Okay. But the announcement last week of uh, of a five thousand meter drill program around Point Bruce, uh on on new targets that were generated with a deeper IP uh, in and around five kilometers within the only permitted mill on the island, which is us. 
and looking for higher grade at Tilt Cove, because imagine uh, we're, we're making uh, free cash flow at, at a gram and a half to two grams. Imagine finding five to 10, which is what we're looking for at Tilt Cove around a past producer that did mine at that at that grade. And again, I just I'm trying I want people to kind of walk away to sort of understand what, what it is because there's there's lots of small bits, small products, stogotype, brilliant, you know, archaic great. But it's all just of a certain size, right? You know, so I'm, I'm just thinking, trying to understand where how important Goldbra is to the valuation of the company, not how busy you are, you know, in in in, in other areas and maybe trying to create some blue sky component of the story or um, you know, Small contribution to the bottom line. It's it's like where does where does Goldberg fit in this? And if it's significant, how do you move that and advance that side of the story? Um, you know, more more speedily because that seems to be that that's going to actually sort of drive the, the 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 business rather than these kind of smaller projects or satellite projects that you've got going on. Well, I I, I would argue that the value of Goldbro. Uh, the value of our company going forward is Goldbro. And, uh, you know, right now I would, I would describe a, a, an 80 to 85% value for Goldbro. Goldbro and that, that's backed by analyst reports. Um, you know, Goldbro is the value of the company going forward. And when you look at uh, what the actual NPV is, uh, 330 million. And then if you add the underground component, which we can't in a feasibility yet till we drill it off. But if you add that, like we did in the PEA, at today's price of gold, that's approaching a billion dollars, and we're trading at under a hundred million Canadian market cap. Right. So that's exactly my point here. It's like so you're doing stuff to kind of keep the keep cash flowing. You're doing stuff which will be like future near term cash going. So there's a kind of production component and a you know a value to sort of non non dilutory activity for shareholders. Brilliant. But that's why I want to hone in on, on Goldberg and where you're at. So feasibility study, you've given some baseline baseline numbers on on that. You've told us, that, you know, you know, it's it's it makes meaningful margin uh, once it comes out of the ground. So can we get back to the? Tell me, you know, what else needs to happen on that project, that that asset? What's how much more money needs to be allocated to it? How much more time for this thing moves forward into production? I think that's what people are waiting for because I agree with you. It feels like. A significant business in its in its own right, and I and I kind of almost slightly distracted by the other things. So, w- w- what's coming up next? What do we look for? Well, you're right. Focusing on what is our future goal, bro. We we um, we said that we would file a uh, feasibility study in mid December, and we did. It was robust. We said we would uh, we would get the technical report done in uh, in uh, January, and it was done. And now we've said, now we're saying, and we have said that the ERD, which is the most important document to be submitted, the environmental assessment, uh, the environmental assessment report, is going in uh, before the end of the second quarter. That is basically describing the project to government of how we're going to build it and all the discharges into environment, etc. That sets the stage for final permitting process, which we estimate to be eighteen months. Okay. <clears throat> so if that all goes to plan. Uh, 18 months, uh, that means at the end of next year, we will be shovel ready. And that gives us a year and a bit to um, to get project finance together. Perfect. Understood. I understand exactly exactly what it says. And the, the other kind of component, it's Canada. So you, we usually talk to people about First Nations, local communities, you know, given where you are in, in the world, you know, beautiful part of the world. 
Um, how are things on that front for you guys? Yeah, excellent. I mean, Nova Scotia is, like you say, it's a, it's a first world, it's a first class jurisdiction. Um, there have been signs of issues with permitting with various companies, but they're site specific. So we're in a very industrial area. Um, we have signed a community benefits agreement already with the Ministry of the District of Guysborough, the municipality of the District of Guysborough. And um, that's for a, a joint benefit. And we're working on the final stages of signing one with the Mi'kmaq, which is the only um, uh, local native group that we have to deal with, um, the only group in Nova Scotia. Um, and everybody is on side with this and, and backing it up that we've talked to so far. It's in a it's in a remote area uh, with, with heavy unemployment. Uh, people are moving out of this uh, municipality, not in. And this will change everything. This actually is going to be, uh, and we'll be coming up with some socioeconomic reports in the next few few weeks, but this will be one of the biggest projects in Nova Scotia going forward. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... Creating a lot of jobs as well. Right, right. Okay. And and, and in terms of the, the, the whether it be local government or provincial government, in terms of their their inv involvement with um, mining? I mean, how, how do they encourage it? If they're trying to obviously create jobs or retain jobs or whatever it may be, is there any kind of, because we talked to the people, you know, companies in Quebec and there's got a lot of local support here. What, what What's it like in Nova Scotia and the environs? It's, 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 it's very good. It's, it's um, I mean, we've got Nova Scotia power that's gonna, at their cost, bring lines to, to within reasonable distances from the mine site. Um, that we're working with, we uh, we have government that that they're you know what they're mandating and what they're asking us to do is go through the proper uh, the proper process which we're doing. So it's a federal it's a federal process for fisheries and it's a provincial process for everything else. The only federal component we're doing is fisheries, which requires a schedule too, and that's why it's taking eighteen months as opposed to six to twelve. So so yeah, we, I mean it's a fishing province. Um, it's Nova Scotia and it's beautiful and you know they they want to protect uh, the wetlands and 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 the, the waters frequented by fish and so do we so we're going through the proper process and uh, we're doing all the work that it entails to get the proper permits in place uh, in order to build a, a mine that's environmentally sound um, you know first and foremost it's health safety and environment and then the gold bar right okay I say there's a we had a whole ream of questions, and I think you've answered just um, uh, a, a lot, a lot of those. Because again, you, the, the, the kind of permitting component in an area like yours with a lot of water uh, can can be problematic. But again, I guess because the kind of historic mining in the in the district is it, it, the, these things are just processes you've got to go through. Do you see any other kind of red flags that? concern you in the process? We, we actually don't see any red flags. I mean, we're, we're always wanting to do things faster than the government timelines, but we don't see any red flags whatsoever. And uh, like you said, there was historic production in the late 1800s, 19, it's called Goldboro for a reason. Um, there's historic tailings in the area uh, that we're working around. So, you know, in my view over time, we'll be cleaning that up as opposed to uh, doing the opposite. Right. Okay. And and with regards to funding all of this, I mean, give us this like slight hiccup with production. Do you feel the need to go back into market and raise some capital, or do you think that there's going to be enough flow coming through to get you through to to, to some sort of you know uh, FID on this thing? Well, you know, fortunately, we have a fantastic uh, financial team headed by a great CFO, and and uh, we've we've uh, we've made. Uh, plans along the way to ensure 
that we don't have to go back to the market um, to get to project finance uh, level. Uh, out of cash and cash flow, we should be able to do that. That doesn't mean we won't go to market. We won't be opportunistic, especially for what we have in Canada flow through um, to increase the amount of drilling that we do on exploration because there's a benefit to being able to raise money at a premium, um, which is which is also not diluted to existing shareholders. So it doesn't mean we won't go to market, but we don't have to. And that's really the power of, of Point Roos, even though it's a small value in our company, it's the power of it for us not to dilute. Right. Because we're, we're also shareholders as well. We buy alongside uh, shareholders. None of us are founders of the company uh, that are in management at the moment. And uh, we've been buying on the market alongside shareholders since since we joined. And uh, we're putting more than our salaries back into the company because we believe in this project. Right. And so and then so coming coming back to the kind of the, you know, the order of play uh, again, I can I can sort of understand, you know, you made announcements with the with, with Point Reese and um, with Telt Cove in terms of a drill program there. But given the future, is gold broad. Can you just explain to people why you wouldn't just intend and instead spend that money at Goldbra and, and and trying to understand that more? I, I get the feasibility studies complete, but you know, exploration on what could be the future of the company, surely a better use of um, time and money, isn't it? Yeah, uh, like I said, we, we take advantage of, of charity flow through and flow through at, at premiums. So we we always have enough money to do programs at, uh, at Goldbra, which is where we want to spend the money. We're waiting for permits to drill west of the current uh, open pit um, resources that we have, as well as the underground resources. We have over 3 million ounces in global resources on the east side of our property, and we have the same strike length west of the current resource. So you can fit another 3 million ounces. So we are going to explore that when we get our permits, which are due really in the next month or two. Um, We'll get our permits, we'll do an IP survey, and we will drill and we will uh, raise the money we need through flow through if we hit anything, because obviously that's a, a dynamic event that would be very, very exciting because there is, you know, the, the, the deposit mineralization continues to the West to a, another past producer from the late 1800s called Dolliver Mountain. Well, and I want to so take the next set of questions. So perfect time. Yeah, you've got 3 million ounces yep. uh, that we've discovered. You've got uh, mining in six shafts at Dolliver Mountain and no drilling in between. And we want to drill that, and we've applied for permits, and uh, you know they'll come in due course, and and we'll be drilling that this winter. Okay, so and, and just tell me about and the that's the exciting part. Well, I think it, I think it is because I've got a lot of questions about it. So, um, can we? Give me give me a sense of like so how, how many drill bits will be turning because obviously okay production we 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 get it. we're 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 back back up and up the game again there we 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 advancing Goldborough on all fronts it, it it seems but the excitement here is always always going to be around the drill bit and what the drill bit tells us so how many how many drills are turning or what was the plan for this year well for this year as a company we've got a drill turning we only have one drill at, at point Roos and one drill at tilton cove that are moving around to various targets we'll have a drill as soon as we get permits in west of goldboro and we'll add to that as we go with another drill and then with a discovery hole we'll obviously uh, bring in as many drills as we need to to, to drill off something and uh you know that's that's I haven't seen a better target. You talk about a talk about some best place to find a mine is in the shadow of a head frame. I mean, this is in the shadow of a ten of them, and uh, never been drilled by us. So um, we're looking for a lot of excitement as we move through the permitting of the the original ounces. We found we'll be developing more. We we believe this would be a multi-decade mine. Right, and we, which we'll hear about. I'm sure uh, the, 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 this year and and, and the future. Um, but 
Can you just talk about the in terms of the the, the targeting, etc., in terms of the work carried out to identify what you're going to be targeting with with the drill bits? Because you know, again, um, maybe Point Bruce and and um, Tilt Cove would be you know something I'd be interested in understanding. You know, how did you come up with the the meterage? And the targets for uh, for that. So, what work was carried out there? Yeah, it's 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 all based on geochemical sampling followed by IP uh, induced polarization. So, we've used a new IP um, targeting method that goes deeper. We're looking for deeper targets because over the years we've been looking for shallow targets at Point Roos. Um, so, we're looking for deeper, higher grade targets, and uh, we've come up with with several targets that we put a, a certain amount of, of meterage to for initial um, exploration. Those are the minimum that we'll drill that 4,000 meters. I mean, should we hit something, obviously, uh, we'll drill more. Um, in Tilt Cove, we've always been looking for deeper targets. And, and we've, we, again, it's, it's geochemistry and geophysics that pinpoint those targets. At, at uh, Goldboro, west of the current mineralization, uh, there is a government um, package of information, including a, 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 a VHF survey that identifies the mineralization through the 3 million ounces that we found west all the way to Dollar Mountain, which I talked about earlier. We will go in there and we'll use IP to further define that VHF. So we know the mineralization is there. We'll further define it, which will get the noses of these anticlinal systems with the, with the IP. And then we'll be able to design drilling north into the, into the north, from the north into the north limb and from the south into the south limb. And that'll, uh, that'll be very exciting. We know the mineralization continues. Is it or? We have to drill it to find that out. Okay. Okay, I guess, I guess you'll um, keep us up to date on that one. And so, just I know you mentioned it right at the beginning, but with, with, with regards to the expanding the the future mill feed uh, component, I mean, have you how, how are you coming out that right? Because you, you you obviously you know it'd be great to do a you know kind of catch up situation, but it's also you got to be sure and certain of you know expanding the the the, the potential feed going into. Um, the the mill from the from the current resource uh, reserve reserve. Yes. So, how are you looking at that? So the throughput was designed with two things in mind. One is how how much ore can you generate from what we found from an underground basis? So for long term, what the what should the mill look like? And that that isn't as high as what you can do throughput wise from an open pit. So then it goes down to okay, what size should the open pit be? And because we have to have two pits as opposed to one larger pit because of the lake and the river that splits the two, you can only have certain size equipment in there. So that what worked out best based on phasing and the mine plan for that size of equipment was a 4,000 ton a day scenario. Now, if we find more underground, that just adds to the mine life at that scenario. If we find more open pitable material to the West, which I've been talking about the excitement, that's when you can look at a throughput change. Okay. Okay, but a lot, I guess a bit, a bit more data um, to, to come. In fact, talking talking data to come. Have we got any outstanding assays at the moment? We've got, uh, like everybody, um, we've got assays that are in the lab uh, waiting to be. Uh, we've got samples that are in the lab waiting to be assayed. Um, there are backups. There's been several issues with labs. I mean, one was breached. Uh, you know, there there was cyber breached, um, so everything had to be sent somewhere else and stuff like that. So. Uh, the industry in, in Eastern Canada has kind of slowed down. So, um, you know, we have preferential treatment because we are the best, uh, we are the best client in, in the area that we're in Newfoundland and, and, and also in Nova Scotia. So um, we do have outstanding 
samples that that, that uh, are going to be assayed over over the next uh, little while. So we'll have a constant flow of news of, of assay results, and then we'll have more, obviously, from the drilling that we're doing. So there should be a constant flow all year. From, from where? From where are these coming? Uh, from everywhere, from Point Roost, Hill Cove, and Gold. Right. Okay. So we had drilled. So for Goldbrand, we had drilled. For Goldbrand, are you, how do you prioritize it? Because obviously for Goldbrand, in, in a kind of meaningful way, it didn't make it into the feasibility study. So, okay, don't worry, it's fine. But for in terms of how you how you present stories to the market about what you're doing, right? So obviously for recent, Point Roos and, and Tilt Cove is probably a little bit more yeah, so, important, right? So Point Roos is to find uh, near uh, in and around the mine at Point Roos is to find more near surface mineralization like we did at Stoggard Tight to keep the mine life going. I mean, we've had a two to five year mine life for the last 11 years. We continue to keep finding. It's getting harder and harder, obviously. But we're also looking for higher grade, 40 kilometers to the east at Tilt Cove, which would be a, you wouldn't have to change anything other than the grade would change going through the same mill. And, uh, you know, if you're putting double the grade through, you're getting double the production. It would, it would be a step change. And you wouldn't, it would be quick to put into production too, because we have the only permitted ta- uh, f- uh, facility with long term tailings on the entire island. And that gives us a distinct advantage when we do find something. It doesn't have to be as big or as high grade to justify its own infrastructure. Okay. Okay. So, this, so that, that, that would be priority uh, for, for you. Okay. Understood. Well, look, hey, uh, Kevin, um, let's wrap it up there because that's an amazing, you've done so much and we could probably, we could probably spend another couple of hours on, on what you've been up to, but just head, headline, um, headlines are good. Um, come back on, maybe we can get stuck into a little bit more of a technical analysis with you next time if you're happy to come back on with one of our uh, geos, um, just show us how you're approaching that drill, the, the different drill programs. Because um, I think that'd be quite useful to, to understand what the what you're starting to see and, and more importantly, what you, you would, how it's directing your decision making. I think that, that would be the first Yeah, I would love to do that, Matt. And we can also have, uh, we can also have someone from our, our uh, preparation team Perfect. to uh, do, that. do that. So I think it would It'll be uh, get into a little more um, technical detail than I can. Okay. Well, exciting year. I think precious metal companies are looking forward to this year. Um, it's you know suggestions are that uh, we'll see a bit more interest uh, in the, in the equity side of things anyway. So uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks very much.